Welcome to Home Education Matters, the weekly podcast supporting you on your home education journey. Welcome to Home Education Matters and today is our next episode in our little mini series that we're calling A Journey into Home Education and I also kind of really feel like I want to call it Ash's story because this is all following Ash's journey into home education. So Ash it's been your the end of your first month as a home educator because this is going out start of October so tell tell us how you've been getting on in your very first month as a home educating family. Um, it's been really good and there have been some really, really good moments, some amazing moments, and then there have been some not so good moments. So uh, <laughs> I think that was to be expected, though. So, so yeah, we started off really strong. The biggest thing I have to say is that my son's um, emotional, just, just mental health in general is so much better. He's much calmer and um, we're not seeing meltdowns at all anymore, whereas I think and um, when he was at school, he would probably be holding it in all day, just being really, doing all the things that he needed to do, following all the rules of school. And then when he came home, it'd often be either him escaping to his devices um, or just like meltdowns over the something that I would consider not nothing major. But for him, it was something that was really big. So for, for us as a family, our home environment is much calmer and um, much nicer. So that is the biggest plus that I could you know ever say whatever I've hoped for which is great um so that's been amazing and then with regards to the actual home educating um I, I remember last time telling you about all these plans that I had put into place <laughs> all your colored <laughs> folders and stuff right yeah um they they've gone okay so the first couple of days we were really strong um we have got a timetable that we, we tried to stick to as much as possible but um, and in the first couple of weeks we were really trying to stick to that and I was getting kind of frustrated if it wasn't being followed to a T but obviously being at home sometimes things happen sometimes Ismail is more um I guess uh resistant to to you know being up and out, alert and doing the things when he wants to do so I've just changed it to so so long as he gets it done in the day when we're both working that that's fine so sometimes he might start a little bit later but then he'll finish a little bit later and that's okay um he's really really enjoyed learning about the things that he chose to learn about so he which obviously that as a teacher, as a previous teacher, I know that people, children follow their interests. I should know that about my child. But obviously when you see it happening in in, an, in a practical sense, it's like, ah, well, why didn't I do this earlier? So we've been doing a lot of things about um, the world, First World War. We've been reading books about the First World War, which is really, we were reading an, um, a fiction text as well, which he's absolutely loving. Um, and he hated reading before um, we started home educating. So kind of, you know how the schools send you home with a book and then you're supposed to read three to four to five times a week and then have the signatures in the diary it just wasn't happening because he just he the part of a reading scheme he wasn't enjoying the books and he just he just didn't want to read whereas now so we've just come back on holiday we went on holiday this week we, came, we got back last night actually in the early hours of the morning um and he took the book with him and we read the book while we were away so that's like a really big win because um, I'm a big reader and I've always not wanted to force that on him, but I wanted him to kind of understand the joy of reading. So he's certainly gotten an improvement there. Um, and then with other things as well, kind of in the beginning, I tried to make it as fun as possible. So rather than doing sitting down and saying with maths, we're going to 
Um, I, you know, start looking at number and place value, which is what we always do in, in you know, autumn one. I decided to do like a, like a one project off Twinkle, actually. So the, there's a roller coaster making one. I've done that in school before. And he's really obsessed with theme parks at the moment um, and building roller coasters and all those sorts of things. So he absolutely loved that. And I think he, in the first couple of days, he was like, this is amazing. This is really good fun. And which was kind of made me feel vindicated. And um, oh, which was great. <laughs> but yeah, as time went on, I think some of it got a bit samey for him. And so we had a bit of a lull, definitely. Um, but then we kind of just got back into it again. So I'm not sure if this is kind of normal that there are kind of peaks and troughs with the learning journey, I suppose. Just with any like like with anything there might be. And I think I just need to be a bit more adaptable to, to them and just kind of accept that sometimes we're going to get loads out of a day and sometimes we're not going to get as much out of a day as, as I would have hoped for and that's okay so it's it's an adjustment for sure yeah I mean I found that very much that um that, that it was there's actually something called tidal learning which is something that's like slightly different but for me I think home education it does have ebbs and flows you know and that there are some days in fact some weeks where you know you don't really want to do very much or maybe some weeks where you're seeing lots of people and you're out and about a lot more and then there's other weeks where it just flows and you feel like you know what let's do more lessons than we would normally do because it just feels like it's rolling really nicely at the moment and I think you kind of that's one of the it's a kind of strange thing but also a really nice thing to be able to go with that flow I think and a lot of it as well because um, your son is 10, right? 10, yeah? He was 11 two weeks ago. Okay, so I mean, at this point, you know, you start getting into puberty and then like hormones start going crazy and you have to kind of uh, go with the flow a little bit. But it sounds amazing. So it sounds like it sounds like he's happier and he's rediscovered his love of reading all in, all in the first month, which is pretty yeah. big wins, isn't it? That's nice. I, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really, really happy with, with the way that's gone and not having that stress I don't know if you because your children have always probably been home educated is that right mm. yeah but that feeling that I'm sure lots of people can relate on that Sunday night just before school the next day when the children when Ismail used to just absolutely hate Sunday evenings he didn't want to go to sleep because that meant that he'd have to get up in the morning and I think I mean a lot of adults can probably relate to that as well about not wanting to go to work the next day so not having that to deal with that that stress for him to not have to deal with that he's able to then I think put his energy into kind of things that are more productive for him which is really great I mean yeah it's really nice to see him engaging in things that he normally wouldn't and even like looks seeking out opportunities for learning not even realizing he's learning so if he see, comes across something um, so yesterday as we were landing our plane was landing like this this might not be true I haven't fact checked this but he's obsessed <laughs> with aeroplanes absolutely them. but he said fun fact um did you know that when an airplane's landing it uses 30 percent of its power to land and then after that it kind of lands itself basically um i don't know if that's true or not but i just think that he's researched that he's gone out and done that himself without me even knowing he does surprise me quite frequently with the things that he knows um this is just amazing that's learning that he's doing on his own and he's having the opportunity to be able to do that at home because he's following his interests and he's not so stressed and escaping on um, you know, Fortnite every night, which is fine as well. Playing Fortnite is fine. He still does that, but he still has now a more varied interests at the moment, I would say. I think as well that um, sometimes when they're struggling at school, they can use things like gaming um, as a numbing 
as a kind of numbing distraction. And that's when things become, you know, behaviors become problematic. If they're choosing to do it because they enjoy it, that's a different thing. But if they're doing it because they're trying to block out their emotional response from school, then that, you know, then that is more damaging and it's something that's slightly more worrying. So, I mean, it's, it sounds really lovely, but you mentioned at the, at the top of the show that there were some challenges. So, you know, let's not just show the great bits. <laughs> tell us, tell us about the bits that have been really challenging this month. So um, I guess it, it was the days where he's not feeling so motivated um, and he is, um, so I might have planned something amazing to do, in my opinion, it's like, this is really great, you can get lots of learning out of this and it's like really engaging and then he might be like, uh, you know, that, that pre-teen moan that they do, which I can't really re- replicate, this is like, oh, not again, like, this is, this is really <laughs> boring I'd rather be at school um those sorts of things he doesn't mean it I know he wouldn't rather be at school I absolutely know that 100% but it does trigger me sometimes because I'm I, I, I try really hard to ground myself and not say anything other to this but he's very much it, obviously home educating puts all the you know the all the stress and all the responsibility of educating a child on the parent and that is a lot to take on I think that's it's a big decision when you're when you're making it, and I was completely aware of this decision when I made it but sometimes I think the gravity of it creeps up on me and I think I have to teach him everything that he needs to know um, or, or you know I have to figure out a way of him getting that knowledge and if I don't I'm letting him down or I, you know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do so I think I have moments like that and they can be quite stressful. Um, and I think when he's not um, responding to or planning all the work that goes into it, that can sometimes be quite difficult as well because it feels like I've wasted my time, which I haven't because we can then do that another day in a different way. I know that, but I think in the moment that's difficult and just adjusting to that can be, yeah, that, that can be quite tricky sometimes. So that's one of the biggest challenges I feel, feel we've had. Um, yeah, I, I the, mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just kind of leap in there because... I think that that sense of responsibility is something that I didn't notice for years and years. And then my children probably only have about another year to go. And so I've been discussing with some of my home ed friends, you know, that I'm going to be graduating in my mind next year, you know, no longer home home educating, although a lot of a lot of it stays the same. Like when they go to college, you're still doing a lot of the facilitating. But for me, it feels like I, I will be passing off the responsibility. And that made me realize, actually, it's, it is a big responsibility. And I think I think we kind of, um, those of us that have been doing it a long time or maybe didn't launch into it, just kind of soft, soft launched into it, if you know what I mean. We kind of um, absorb that sense of responsibility without being aware of it. And it's only when we no longer have it or there's an, there's an idea that we might be able to relinquish it that we realize how big a responsibility it is. And it is, it can feel a bit weighty and it can make you feel like, oh my God, like I'm the the one conduit. Like in IT terms, it's called like the single point of failure where it's like everything channels through me. Um, but realistically, especially as they get older, they find learning, you know, from like so many sources. And actually I'm one of the minor, <laughs> minor conduits now when it comes to learning. But certainly, uh, you know, you do take on that responsibility, even if it's just as a facilitator, you're like the, the main facilitator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is the to get him to the stage where he is able to then go and follow his interests. And he, he does follow his interests, but obviously in a way that is, I guess, um, you know, you're learning at the same time. And I know he's learning at the same time. That is the 
that's the way to, to be I guess what I'm trying to say is he needs to be an independent learner and I, that's my goal to make him an independent learner but this is still early days but yeah but that responsibility does just back it's quite heavy sometimes in the weight of it but um yeah and then on top of that so I guess other, other difficulties or challenges I might have had so I've had contact from the local authority already um which is fine that's at but school when I deregistered him school sent me the standard email which I was expecting anyway and then I got I, I had received contact from the local authority and um, I it was a phone call I asked to keep everything in writing and then um they proposed or we together we came up with a date for me providing a report that's been kind of the middle of November which is fine when I've come back from holiday today and then I've had um contact from a different local authority which was the school's local authority so them asking me as well for the same Thing. but I'm lucky because I'm part of all the Facebook groups so I actually posted um just for some advice and I got some advice really really quickly back so that's always really really helpful to have and I know that if I've got any issues I can go there that feel makes me feel very supported the local um, Facebook groups are, are wonderful for that aren't they because they they know the different LA officers and they can give you some really good advice on it yeah yeah absolutely so that's been really helpful I think um other challenges are, like, I think, socialisation opportunities. So I know that's one of the big ones that I'm going to be asked on the report for. And although I have tried to do some research, I and mean, we looked at kind of a coding club that um, Ismail would go to, and he's been a couple of times, but he's not enjoyed it at all. Like, I think it's been quite difficult for him to actually go there. I think maybe it makes him feel like the vibe is kind of a school vibe. But it isn't really. It's a, it's a, for him, it is. It's a drop-in place where you go in and you do the activity you want to do. There's lots of station set up. But just going is quite difficult. That's one of the things that he's found quite difficult. Um, and a couple of other things as well that I've set up for him, he's been quite resistant to do that. But I suppose, I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to find a balance between not forcing him to go, encouraging him to go, and kind of like not turning him off to the whole idea altogether. So that's quite tricky as to know how far I should push him um, with regards to that and making sure that I'm still fulfilling my duty of providing him with opportunities to socialise. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it's very early days, isn't it? You know, and, and any, I mean, putting a report in middle of November, that's literally just then basically two months worth that they'll be able to get because you haven't been doing it for longer than that. And so um, when it comes to socialising, don't forget that, Socialising doesn't just have to be with, you know, his peer group. Socialising is with all sorts of people, you know, family members. And when you've been, you know, you said you'd been away, anything like yeah. that includes, it, it involves socialising. And, you know, two months is is not long to get your feet under the table and get used to it. So I would probably maybe just take it a bit. If, if he's if he's sort of quite easily triggered by school-like experiences, then I would I would play it a bit play it a bit slow and and see what sort of nice informal home ed meetups there are are there is there much going on around by you when it comes to just meetups so I don't know if I'm not researching it well enough um but I I have like I'm on, I am on the local Facebook group but a lot of things seem to be kind of under 10s and him him being 11 he's kind of just above that threshold and not quite in the teen area yet where there are some other opportunities so I even thought about maybe starting something myself but like we're still early days I'm starting a new job on Monday so uh, which is a remote job so I get to work from home but um there's just a lot going on so I kind of want to settle into a bit of a pattern before committing to something um, and seeing what kind of you know what, what people would want to do in the area because um I'd love for him to be able to do pursue something that he enjoys but 
in the company of other children. And I completely understand what you're saying with regards to the social socialization happens in lots of different ways. And his confidence has grown so much with regards to just being able to um, go and ask somebody. So on the resort we stayed at, he was able to go and order drinks for us all, or he was able to go and, um, <laughs> that sounds really bad, doesn't it? It sounds like I- <laughs> Three whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> and he go and get his old drinks. No, not like that. But he, but he volunteered to go and get his ice cream. What flavor do you want? All those sorts of things. So he was, he was able to talk. To, he is able to hold conversations outside of his family and able to, you know, mix with other people to an extent. Uh, yeah. So I think you're right. I just need to keep reminding myself. I am quite. Um, I can be quite critical of myself and I want to be really careful not to push that onto him and put and place my expectations super high so that then he's, you know, for falling short. So I don't want to do that at all. So he has had lots of opportunities for socialisation, just not in the perhaps the, um, I guess, the, the standard way or the more um, preferred way that maybe the LA would be. I, I guess I'm thinking of the LA all the time, the on in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about these things, and maybe I just need to like let go a little bit and not be so. Oh, how am I going to say this in the report, or how am I going to prove that I'm doing this? I know I'm doing it, and I know he's doing a great job. So like, I just need to, I think, not be so um, critical. Maybe I think that's the reason. Yeah, let go of the LA because it's it's only been two months. One thing I was going to say is that. I found sometimes on the local home ed groups, you can kind of lurk around and you can't see much that's happening or much for your for your child's age group. And so I found that it's quite helpful to go on sometimes and just put a post up and just say, you know, we're new to home ed and my son is this age and he likes doing these kind of things. And is there anyone who's got a child kind of similar age who might want to meet up? And that way, and then when you meet, have a couple of one-to-one -one meetups, you hear about things that are going on because invariably, this is how I've heard of pretty much every group we've ever ended up going to is because I've met a one-to-one -one parent. They've been like, oh, have you heard about this thing that's going on over here? And I'm like, no, I did not see that in the groups. They're like, oh no, they don't post anymore because like so many people go, but, and, and you hear like sort of through word of mouth a lot when it comes to these things. So that might be worth doing almost like a lonely hearts ad, you know, this is me and like, come and be friends. Yeah, no, I, that's actually really good advice. I think I'll do that. Yeah. That, that's helpful. Any other challenges uh, this month that you found or anything, any kind of unexpected things that you maybe weren't expecting that came left of centre a bit for you? Um, so I think the reactions of, I think a lot of people can relate to this, reactions of family and friends and people who find out that you're home educating. I think I, I come from a very um, standard traditional family in which they believe, you know, you work hard at school, you just you know, do, do everything that you need to do to get to college and university and just a very standard route, route through education. So um, telling them that I was going to be home educating Ismail, but that was um, interesting because I, I got a lot of um, kind of, are you sure you want to be doing this? Are you sure you want to be taking this responsibility on? Is it the best thing for him? You know, all those things that I think everyone probably goes through. But I think, you know, over the last few weeks, they've seen a really marked improvement in Ismail's well, just mental health and well-being and the way he is and the way he has responded to the work. He hasn't just kind of thought that I'm not going to do anything. He's wanted to engage in learning the majority of the time. And I think um, they've been surprised by that. And therefore, I feel as though they have been kind of more supportive toward, towards it as well. So it's been that's been nice um, to have, yeah, other, other people recognise that there's been a change in him. That, that's something that's been that's caught me by surprise I suppose so soon because we've like you said we've only been doing it for a few weeks um so I'm excited to see kind of where we're going to go moving forward I think people get on board 
when they see your child thriving you know and because it's it's like they have a lot of objections and then the objections just kind of wash away when they see that your child is happy and thriving and I always say you know that unhappy children can't learn you know they just can't because they're too emotionally um wrought you know they're too overwrought with their own emotions they can't then think about it's I always liken it to um I think I've used this analogy in one of our very first podcasts that it's it's like if you if you you know, you're, you're, the ship is sinking and you find yourself treading water out, out in the ocean and people start shouting mass questions at you. And all you're trying to do is you're just treading water. You're just trying to stay afloat and you're expected to sort of learn maths or do creative writing. And it's you can't do it. You know, you're just trying to survive. And I think it's very much like that. And so I think once family and friends tend to see your child thriving, and once they get over the initial desire to test them on things, which is always a really popular response, like particularly if, if they say, well, what, what is it you're learning at home? And if your child dares to say that they're learning a particular thing, they would then decide it's their job to test them on that subject. Have you had that? We have had Not that yet. quite a number of times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that's to come because I think they understand we're in the initial teething stages. I'm sure that will come with time. Okay, uh, thanks for prepping me for that. <laughs> yeah. Forward to. <laughs> and prep is well as well because it's really like I mean when my two they have a habit of liking to learn languages and as soon as they tell anyone they're learning language that person will then try to speak to them in fluent German and then like kind of look at me as if so well that's kind of weird because your child does not speak fluent German it's like do you do this to school children out of interest do you quiz them all on their subjects so <laughs> No, it's interesting, isn't it? That's what I mean, that responsibility of them feeling like, oh, you're the person who's in charge, and then everyone also thinks that you're in charge. Well, you should be, they're kind of testing you by asking the children the questions, aren't they? They're basically Ofsted. (laughs) They're Ofsteding us. You're right. They are. They're Ofsteding us. How dare they? (laughs) Well, how have you been finding it as a parent? I mean, you mentioned that it's that, you know, every now and then you get this kind of 2 a.m., weight of responsibility that you're now in charge of your child's learning but are there any other things that you found you know that that uh that you found as a parent that have been uh, uh positive or negative um I've really enjoyed spending more time with him so I get I think um we get into a pattern of course Ismail was at school for 10 years or not 10 years five years six years however long he was at school for and you don't realize how little you actually see or maybe you do realize how little you see your children um when they're at school all day then they come back and you're then trying to sort dinner out and all this sort of thing before you know it's bedtime and so we've had some really amazing moments where we just it's just been the two of us or the two of us and, and his little sister as well who's only two so we do have moments where um, it's just nice to have that time with him and I think because of that he's felt more connected which is always really important connect I always say this with all my classes that we building that connection like you said is really important so the child feels comfortable but we don't need to then like have to stress about doing those I don't feel guilty about not spending enough time with him in the evenings because we've spent the whole day kind of pretty much together or he's been around we've been talking throughout the day and that's been really positive and I think um He's just been, it's bad to say, he's just been nicer. He's just been, he's just been nicer to me. It's almost like he's, um, you know, all the, like, when they get that, that preteen age and they're all kind of like, oh, you can't hold my hand in public and all that sort of, I mean, that happened a few years ago, to be fair. But he's not holding <laughs> my hand in public. But he's being nicer to me. I get the, oh, I love yous again. And just things like that that I haven't heard him say from a place of kind of um, just being happy. For a long time so that's been really nice and just the time that we spent together has been really nice I'd say that's been something that's been really positive 
it's a really lovely kind of slow, uh, relaxed, positive tempo, isn't it, when you home educate? And I think a lot of parents, they they maybe worry that um, they are going to be spending all this time with their child. And, and they think when they're in school, they think, oh, well, you know, that can be quite fraught sometimes and it can be quite difficult. But actually, I find that when you home educate, you, you do fall into this kind of relaxed, sort of friendly vibe because you just hang out together all the time. And, it, you know, it's a positive, right? Absolutely, yeah, and it becomes. I think the the relationship just becomes better. It's less kind of stressy. It becomes more. Let's work collaboratively. Let's let's do this together. Let's figure out figure this out together. It That's has so been, nice. Yeah, it has been really nice. To be fair, like it is that, and it's like you know what's nice being able to go on holiday and like like in in term time and not having to and knowing that he's still working while we were away. He's still learning things. He's that you know we, we he took a special interest in certain things while we were away. And having all that, it's just been really nice to not feel guilty about taking him out of school or for mm. all those things. So that's been really enjoyable and then being able to like come back the next day and he can relax today he can do what he needs to do today and you know do the learning that he wants to do and not have to stress about the fact that he's going to be at school at nine in the morning or whatever time half it is day. nice it's really nice and, and like in actual fact we uh, we traveled a lot because we used to world school so we lived all over and I mean I remember sitting in on like 12 hour plane journeys and my two would have their lesson books open on the little lap trays and stuff because you know you can learn whenever and then but then, for example, next month, my two are having an entire month off because they're volunteering over in Sri Lanka. And so we're just doing nothing. They're doing no lessons, nothing for a whole month. And that's OK, because you can have, you know, you can have this. You can do it whenever you want in your own flow. And it's it's really nice. That freedom is is really nice. Because people don't know this. But surely people don't know this because they knew it. Why wouldn't everybody do it? I just don't understand that. I always think that. I always think that. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, when you start thinking about schools and then we've not really had this, but then other people have had like where where schools are saying about attendance of children and even if they're sick or poorly, they're not being sent in and all those sorts of things. The school just schools just get a very strong grip on 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 you don't you and then you have to answer to them and like they're the authority figures and they know better for their for your children than than you do and I, that's something that I find really difficult because it's my he's I know they have to do their welfare checks I understand that but if you're if you know your child best mm-hmm. you should be able to then I guess decide whether they go into school if they're sick or not and be responsible for that so I, I just like that that there's no stress here we've not had any sick days so far we've not needed to have any sick days so far so it's just that's just nice it's just I really enjoyed it it is nice. And and I would encourage you to to like go with the flow of it. You know, some days if he's just not feeling it, ditch it all and go to the park or, you know, did you go to the Imperial War Museum? Yeah, I know you're we going did. Yeah, we absolutely looked at it. It's really good there. And it's not just the First World War, it's the Second World War as well, but we just looked at, we focused on the First World War things. And, um, but don't ask Ismail, because his takeaway from it was that they have the best chocolate cake in the, in the chocolate I book. told you the cafe is awesome, right? It really was. Yeah, he absolutely loved it. So he came back and everyone was like, oh, how was it? And his response was they had the best chocolate cake yeah, anywhere. <laughs> but he did bring a little magnet back as well. So he did love, he did enjoy it. And I think it's really, he did a lot of research on the first world before we even got there. And so when he was there, he's like, oh, I already know that. I already know this. And oh, oh this is where they said this. And I was like, he knows more than I do. And I've been teaching this for years. So that's that's been really good. Yeah, really that's wonderful. It. That's wonderful. And the I think, I honestly think that when children sort of hook into their learning in that way then they learn so much more so much more effortlessly as well uh than when you're trying to kind of shoehorn stuff into them but I mean realistically you do also need to have a you know there's certain subjects that you tend to kind of need to tick along but you can fit pretty much 
everything into a project like if he's interested in did you say fairground rides and that kind of thing I mean you can do theme parks that's right you can do pretty much every curriculum subject could be ticked off within that one project couldn't they you could do like advertising brochures for creative writing and actually for business as well you could do maths which could be all the like the kind of curves and gradients and things like that and then you could do languages so he could design a post that has like information in like you know 10 different languages I mean there's so much you could do it's so interesting yeah it is and that is I think that's a there's like a brave step going into that and saying that that's what I'm going to do and that's the, the focus that's because kids also lose interest really fastly and then you're having to then plan something else really really quickly but you're right he really got a lot of that first few weeks he really enjoyed that and he really we could have extended it and gone on but then I went to the old books and said number and place value needs to be looked at basically and we have to look at that but he's been he's been okay with it I am a little bit stre- like yours have done GCSEs haven't they or they're doing mm. the GCSEs mm. so- how did they that's what stresses me out what if Ismail's not prep prepared to do uh, standardized testing and then he is asked to, then how do I get him to I guess that's something I'm going to have to learn over the time ta- over the course of our journey of, well he's uh, 11 right so yeah. actually I would be recommending thinking about that now as we yeah. actually I've actually done a podcast on exams I would recommend listening to it because um my son sat his both my children sat their first exam at 13 and if you do that you can spread them out really nicely and and it's I mean my son did statistics my daughter did classical civilization but so you can choose like anything you want and my son has 11 11 GCSEs he's he did he also did an EPQ which is an AS level he did that at 14 and he's doing four A levels and so you know Oh, how does he do this? It's the thing is, you know, when your family say to you, "Oh, you know, you sure this is the right move?" You should direct them to the podcast that I did with the uh, f- a few weeks ago with the woman who was home educated who is now interning at NASA. Like, you know, you can you can be re- if you're if you want your child to be like super academic, you can really fly home educated because you can do it all all in your own time. So you can start nice and early and get these GCSEs in nice and early. I've I think I've gone over like. I think I've just gone a bit too much. I think I've got my own knowledge as a teacher who I've been having taught for decade, like over a decade. So I've got my own experience and I've got lots of friends who are teaching year six at the moment. So I've asked them for their kind of slides and the things that they're doing. And then I'm looking at like Twinkle have got their own little things mm. as well. So I already had the Twinkle membership with my uh, teaching. Mm. I've got that. So now I've got like lots of different things in my mm. head. I need to just pick a lane, I think. And I think yeah. I'm bitting and bobbing and that's causing me more stress because I'm like taking a little bit from here and a little bit from there. And yeah, and I'm not sure how much he's enjoying it, which bits he's enjoying. And then I'm thinking, should I just get a maths tutor just so I don't have to worry about maths? Because that's the thing. It was maths and English that I really wanted to just kind of get off my um, that kind of plate. I think as soon as you can bring in a certain amount of responsibility for your own learning, it's better for us as parents, but it's really good for them, particularly when it comes to university and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a long great. way away for you. <laughs> well, it goes by so fast, doesn't it? That's the thing. And like, yeah, like I said earlier, when I do get moments of panic, for some reason, the algorithm on my TikTok has started showing me like SATs, papers, and they've probably figured out that I've got a child of that age. And I keep thinking, oh, would he be able to do this? And then I have to remind myself he's not doing the SATs, so it's okay. And then just take a step back. But um, yeah, it feels it's difficult because you're in a world where um, the majority of the children, the, the vast majority of children, are doing things in a different way to the way your child is, and um, and then just accepting that it's okay and he's going to do it his own way, and that's okay. You have to keep reminding yourself that. But um, yeah, I think once we get used to it a bit more, I think that those moments will hopefully 
become deteriorate, be, become less and less. There, there won't be as many of them. So that, that's the, that's the hope. Well, it sounds like a very positive start already, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next month. So at the end of October, which will be just before your LA report. And you'll have been two months into it by then. So that'll be really, that'll be really nice. We look forward to catching up with you next month. Thank you so much, Ash, for coming on and telling us about your first month as a home educator. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Home Education Matters podcast. See you at the next one. Have a lovely day.